Welcome. Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. From the depths, the deeper, deepest, darkest depths of your soul, bubbling up to the surface of your conscious mind, the Paradise Paradox rewinds time and finds the exact enzyme. Your ear hole. <laughs> Plug those earphones in your ear holes. Just relax and let go. So, my name's Kurt Robinson. And my name's Aaron Batten. This is the Paradise Paradox. So today, uh, I'm interviewing my friend and neighbor, Taylor Allen. And she's going to tell us a bit about her adventures leaving the United States, leaving Arizona and, and finding more interesting places, more or less by accident, ending up living in France. Uh, how she managed to survive there and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, she found herself in Europe for an extended period of time and, you know, enjoyed the struggle of odd jobs. Um, yeah. Getting her always a little dirty. Mm -hmm. And um, she threw away that career. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we talk a bit about expatriation in, in general and why it's... Uh, why it may be an interesting choice for, for a lot of people to decide not, not to, to pursue a career or education as you, your parents might have told you to get and look at some other interesting ways of living your life. She ended up in Mexico. Yep. And she looked at the world of entrepreneurship. She started, she started a little business. We spoke about that. Yep. Um, and we touched on maybe her future in business, but... I don't know, I'll leave it for the episode. <laughs> All right. So head on over to YouTube, press like and press dislike and press subscribe on YouTube and head on over to Facebook, press like on Facebook. And, and when you hover over the like button on Facebook, you can press get notifications. And that's going to mean that every time we post something, it's instantly going to get jammed into your face via the information superhighway, neglecting any of the road rules that exist in that Highway. And uh, head on over to the Paradise Paradise. You can have a look through our old episodes there. Um, you can leave us a comment if you're looking for something new in an episode and you want us to cover a specific subject or research, give our opinion. You know, let us know. Tell us what you think. Tell us what lurks in your mind, in the darkest recesses of your mind. And then you can go on to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. We, we really appreciate it. We love it. We, we acknowledge it <laughs> any way we can. Uh, we, yeah, we bow down at your feet. We kowtow. We uh, become very obsequious, servile uh, in our devotion when <laughs> you give us a little bit of money. Um, so we know that uh, when you see a busker on the street and you stop and you're entertained, you're probably passing a, a few coins, a few, a few dollars. So we're asking you to do the same head on over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. You can donate via Bitcoins or altcoins or some, some other methods. So jump on there, donate.theparadiseparadox.com. While you're on there, you see at the top, it says Shop Amazon. You can click through that link. If you're, just, if you're thinking of uh, buying something off Amazon or just wanted to do some window shopping, follow through that link. Um, you can see we recommend a few books and movies on there, so you can use those as, uh, as things to buy for yourself for a, a very early Christmas present. 
and uh, it just means that we receive a small commission. So, so if you want to support the show, we, we, we really appreciate that as well. And uh, don't forget to share this episode on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr, on uh, your bathroom wall, on the, the underside of your grandmother's panties, and any other place where you can fit it. And uh, every time you do that, Aaron Battle is going to catapult himself through that window. So you'll see that next time. You guys can't see the window there. <laughs> you just have to trust this. He's going to do it, all right? Uh, and yeah, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Troll Bubble. I'm at Battle AZ. Cool. Let's get into it. Okay, so we're, we're here with my, my neighbor, Taylor, and she's going to tell us maybe some stories about expatriation or English teaching or something. Who, who knows? <laughs> Fake marriages and, and everything, traversing the world, uh, sneaking by the French government in any way possible. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Continue. <laughs> Is it, isn't that all part of your life? It depends who's asking, but yes, in this situation, yes, it is. <laughs> okay, okay. So can you tell us uh, why you decided to, to leave the United States? Um, well, I didn't decide directly to leave yeah. the second time. The first time I left and I came back, voted for Barack Obama. And then I left... Um, my father was doing construction in the south of France, and he invited me there to do a month of construction. And I didn't want to go, because at the time, I was living in Colorado, and I had a boyfriend and a house and a nice job and some friends. And I said, ugh, south of France, how boring. <laughs> but I went anyway, due to obtaining experience or what have you. And then I went over there. So, I, okay. yeah. so you were completely against moving to France, but you decided to do it anyway. Well, I wasn't going to move. I was going to be there for a month. I told my boss I'll be back in a month. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you call your boss after a month and say, hey, I'm no, going to set up to I you. didn't. But the weird thing is about four years later, he came into the bar I was working in. It was totally <laughs> random. Okay. Um, totally random. And he says, you look really familiar. I said, you look familiar too. And then we talked a bit. And then he said, wait a second. You said it was going to be a month. Uh, <laughs> so it was really weird. Small world. Yeah. No, I, I didn't have any questions. Okay. <laughs> you can raise your hand if you have a question. So it can be indicated. <laughs> Thanks, teacher. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. So where should I look? Should I look over there? Look wherever you want. You know. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm ready. More? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go so ahead. then. I know you're a great talker, so uh, just, just let it let it, it all out. So then I went to France, and I got really drunk on the plane, and then I threw up in the taxi on the way to meet my father. Okay. Side note. Um. Anyway, met my dad. Then the following evening, we went to a bar, and I met a boy. 
And um, <laughs> so you forgot completely about your Colorado voice. I I told him I was going to be back at some point. Um, oh, and then, but so you I didn't his specify how many affairs no, were going to happen no. in the meantime. I did, okay, okay. I did break up with him. We were not really. We were like friends turned boyfriend due to sleeping in a tent with each other for like eight months previously, and it was a complicated thing. Anyway, so I met a boy the second day I got to France, and I hung out with this boy every day almost, and then I had this ticket to go back with my father, and I asked my father, can I stay here? And my dad said, if you find a place to live before our, our plane takes off, I'll let you. So I found a place to live. Weren't you? How, how old were you? Um, 20. Okay, okay. I was 20. Gonna ask Daddy's permission. Yeah, well, my, my family was furious, though, because <laughs> I called them and I was like, hey, guess what? I think I'm just gonna stay here. Okay, bye. And um, totally, I had a backpack, I had $300, I found a place to live um, in this house, because I didn't speak any French either. So I found a place to live with this woman and her daughter who had a room to rent, but she just rented me her room and slept in the living room. It was really weird. Right. Right. And then blah, 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 blah. Stayed there for a while. Um, found a lot of random jobs due to being illegal. <laughs> I had to <laughs> work at a lot of restaurants for one day um, until they asked you to bring your paperwork in. And then I'd be like, no, no, I'm cool. Thanks. <laughs> and because you go in and then they give you like a trial period and then they pay you at the end of the day. So I did a lot of that. <laughs> um, I also okay, at this time okay. cleaned a lot of boats because we're on the French Riviera. So there's like a town you can go to and you just ride your bike in front of the boats and say, hey, you need some help. So oh, then you cool. clean them for the day. They give you about 40 euros. So, Sounds like a pretty sweet deal. That was an awful job, actually. <laughs> Sucked. <laughs> but then, there you go. Then I got a job at this other restaurant, which was nice. And I worked there illegally for like a year, but she made me change my name on my CV so I would be from England. So that was, she was really helpful, that lady. Why, why from England? Because they don't need a visa to work. Ah, okay. You just put that on your CV and then you don't, like, you don't need to falsify any papers or anything. If they don't catch you, no. <laughs> I did have to go out the back okay. door a couple times. Like in the in the work, the controls would come, and she would make me take my apron off, walk out the back door, come back in, and sit at the bar like I was a client, and then wait till they left, and then get back. And then to work. clean some tables. That's yeah, clean some tables. Uh, he's, she's just uh, you know she she's a very helpful customer. But it was she. This woman, her name was Mama, actually. She owned this little restaurant named Le Kid, or like The Kid in French, and she was from Cambodia. She was about, I don't know, teeny tiny, but always wore like stilettos and mini skirts and stuff. And her name was Mama, and I don't know why she hired me. She hired me one day, and she says, do you speak French? And I said, yes, I do. And I had no idea how to speak French, but I came back the next day, and she figured out I didn't know how to speak French. But then she said, you hear the kitchen? You take the plates to the table. And I had been, I worked in restaurants for like ever. So once a king or queen of Narnia, always a king or queen of Narnia. You know how to work in a restaurant. <laughs> I didn't know that was a, an expression. And I, did, I would have no idea that it would have be an expression relating to working in the hospitality industry. You don't know Narnia? 
Uh, I know. <laughs> what have I been there? Is that what your question? No, just about uh, it. If you go there, you always mm. are a king and queen of Narnia. Ah, I see. So anyway, so then I worked there for a while, and it was nice. And then I learned French very slowly but surely, mm. due to a lot of hand gesturing and small drawings. Mm-hmm. Remember the day I learned the word for broom? She was like, blah 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 blah, and I said, hmm, what could that be? So I went to the kitchen and like pulled various items out of the kitchen and came to show her. You know, it's like, is it this? Nope. Go back in the kitchen. Is it this? Mm-hmm. Nope. And finally, I said, ballet. Maybe this. And I took the broom, and she went, "That's it." And I went, "Damn it! <laughs> now I have to sweep the restaurant." Were you always so adventurous, or you just decided one day? Um, well, I, I guess what was the what was the the point that you're like, no, nah, I'm not going back to the U.S. just yet, and I'm going to explore something. Tough question. I think I didn't have a lot of money, so I had. A, <laughs> I think I was like stuck there for a while. Um, but my mom was a gypsy, so we moved a lot anyway. So I, I'm like kind of used to being on the land. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, there you go. All right, because a lot of people would be very scared about taking that first step and go, going to another country and, and uh, getting jobs there, you know, especially if they don't speak the language. Uh, but that never really bothered you so much. Um, at some point, I think, but I tend to go really fast that I don't think about what I'm doing or the consequences until it's too late. Okay, okay. <laughs> Before I went there... I don't think I was that, I don't know. Like I said, I, was, I don't know how this all happened. It was, when I, lived in, when I lived in France, I met a lot of foreigners that said, oh, it's been my dream to live here forever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> how about you? I was like, I don't even know how I arrived here. <laughs> this was not my plan at all. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm totally broke. <laughs> I can't go back home. I don't have any money. <laughs> So I don't really know. I didn't plan. I had $300 and two bikinis and like a straw hat. <laughs> and I did bring juggling balls for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, so I was in France and I met the guy. And then, and then, proud moment, I had my own apartment for eight months. Different apartments. Like, I lived in four different apartments before I moved in with him, which is a good moment for me because I'm an illegal immigrant with no steady work and I supported myself all by myself until I moved into his house. It's cool. All right. right on. Illegal immigrant and proud of it. You know, and it, it's really different from immigrants in the United States. I'm not, I'm not sure the situation of illegals in Australia, but in the United States, we have a lot of illegal immigrants. And they can find work and things. But in Europe, it's a bit different because all of Europe can mm. mingle. So if they want an English speaker is or just something. one big party, guys. It's a big party. But nobody else is invited to live there. It's very elitist. Oh, okay. The European people can mingle like this. But if you go into one country and get your paperwork for that country, you can't go to the other countries to work. Mm. Like the actual European people. You have yeah. to just stay there. Until you get your tenure permit, and then you can go, but it's like the game shoots and ladders where you like go up some and then like slide back, and then it's kind of... It seems like a lot of hard work. Fuck. 
Like, like you, you need it. Ah, it's, it's cool. Okay, it's cool. We're, we're on the internet. Oh, <laughs> the internet. There's, there's no rules here. Cool. I feel like I'm listening to a chemical change. Like, you can't go back now. I can go back in roughly two years. But I don't want to. Yeah, no, but the, the, this is what I mean. You, you can't go back to the old you. Oh. Like, you're, the... you're free now. You, there's no rules anymore. You, no can, rules. you can go anywhere you want, any language, like. No language, I don't care. Language is so not a big deal. It's an obstacle, but it's like the easiest obstacle you can learn a language. Uh Basically, the hardest thing about moving is paperwork. But you don't even need that. Not here. (laughs) But in Europe, I needed it. I don't even know where we are. That is irrelevant. (laughs) Here it's a bit easier, and I I, I think it's because the work is a little bit easier to come by I'm not sure but in in Europe it's it's a lot more strict for people coming outside the European Union because if they want an English speaker or a Spanish speaker or a French speaker whatever they're just gonna get it from the country yeah so they you it's really difficult to get paperwork to stay in the Europe zone yeah well looking from the the Australian point Uh of view I don't think that's well that's not normal I know that Mm -hmm. like it's, it's not even a thought option to to do something like that because everything's so regulated and we're so used to everything being in order um when i came here to mexico yeah. there was no papers it was just like you know i have 180 days to work it out yeah. and you know i think that was a big jump for me uh-huh. and i can't look at that being a little bit wussy but what you did was well insane. remember i didn't know any of this prior to it actually happening i went there thought i was gonna come back in a month Met a guy, and the, I met this guy, and I didn't want him to think I was being so serious. So when I asked my dad to stay and I found an apartment, I didn't, like, tell him directly. I just showed up at the bar the next day, and he said, I thought you were going back. And I was like, nah, it's cool. And then I, like, didn't tell him that my father left me for, like, another month because I didn't want to, like, freak him out, you know? Of course. So, <laughs> so it, was a, it was a shock for you too. Yeah, but I just... Sometimes you just got to close your eyes and jump off the cliff. Or into the, the sad sand. <laughs> the sad, bumpy sand. Yeah, opinion you missed that Aaron's retelling of, of, <laughs> of the dream that would be in a previous episode where he, he was in a, a Volkswagen Beetle and happened to go through, through a tunnel uh, and uh, suddenly lost, lost track of gravity and we were flying into a, a giant void. So... That's cool. <laughs> yeah. What color was the void? It was just black. Black. Normally it's black. I was wondering if it was a different color. <laughs> In a maroon void. I was hurtling through a maroon void. <laughs> but the, the point is you yeah. need to you just jump. Just jump. Just jump and walk Well, it I, out. like, to be honest, I had, I had been to Mexico when I was 19 with my friend. We took a bus down the coast and slept on the beach, and we were a bunch of hippies. Well, we were only two, wasn't a bunch, but la 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 la. So I didn't like know that it was going to be that hard. I didn't know about the paperwork. I did not even look on the internet prior to almost getting deported. I was like, I should figure this out right now. Probably the best so, move you did, not looking because yeah, it, it kept the, the journey and going. And it's like, oh my god, paperwork is such a pain in the ass. I, but you know, I. I used to like struggle with paperwork and all that things, but this immigrating, so I spent three years as illegal and three years legal. 
And I did this immigration process and I called the embassy and I was like doing all these appointments, certified, copied, apostilled, in blah, 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 headache. in the fucking French with Google Translate, uh -huh. you know, and calling them. And now if I can call the embassy, like I can call anybody. I'm like, excuse me, hi, my name is Taylor Allen. I have an appointment with the embassy. And now I'm not afraid to call anybody. I got it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even matter. You've been set free. I'm set free. And I saw... So when I moved here, I actually moved here with a boyfriend, and he pussied out. Wimp. <laughs> he, he totally pussied out, couldn't handle it. But it was really easy to move here because I was like, this is a breeze, man. I got my visa in Guatemala. It took like, I don't know, 10 days and a couple hundred bucks, and that was it. And in France, it was like... Wait, so you're working in Guatemala as well? No, I just had a... I, I came here and I got a job directly, so I had to leave the country to get the visa. Ah, okay, okay. Had to do a border run. To, yeah, I had to, to do a border run, so I went yep. to Guatemala quickly. But it was so easy compared to the France. Hmm. Super easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mexico is awesome. <laughs> yeah. A little bit run down, but it's great. <laughs> People don't really care too much for bureaucracy here. It's not, nothing if you... You know, 100 pesos can't fix a lot of yeah. the time. <laughs> and if you get six months, I mean, you get 180 days to figure it out. Mm. And then they don't even care. You just do whatever. Because they don't, because we have money because we're gringos. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that's why they don't care. Or yeah. maybe, you know, I think it's just that, uh, like, Mexicans don't really care about rules in, in general. Like, uh uh, Henry David Thoreau said a, a good man shouldn't follow the law too closely. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I, I don't think Mexicans are that familiar with Thoreau, but but uh, I do think <laughs> that they they uh, stick to that that idea. Yeah, and it's it's kind of perverse because I know um, a lot of uh, Mexicans maybe not so much these days, but in, in years past, they went to the United States and people in the United States say, oh, these Mexicans come over here and they just, they don't respect the law. Uh, and, uh, and I say, great, you should be glad. <laughs> you should be glad to have someone who doesn't follow rules, who isn't w willing to blindly do what, what someone tells them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of, because, I mean, immigrating to the United States is so hard. I don't know if you've looked into it because I at a point I looked into it for various boyfriends and things and it's really really hard mm. so I think a lot of people when they go across back in the 80s and the 90s was kind of the biggest time a lot of people would hire you without it so why do all that shit and money and paperwork and rendezvous and yep. blah 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 Rendezvous. Still <laughs> using that French terminology. Rendezvous. You know rendezvous means something slightly different in English right? It's like a sexy time running in, right? Yes. But I will tell you, menage a trois just means to live with three people. Okay, does not menage a trois live three people. No. I don't know. I didn't. I remember I asked my French friend Remy if, if uh, it was common to have a menage a trois. In, I've in, had three. <laughs> I have lived three times with three people. Right. I'm having a menage a seven over there across <laughs> the street. Menage a seven. That sounds like a very technical term. Yeah. No, my friend Remy was like, ah, oh, yeah, we, we, we have, we have uh, menage a trois all the time. I learned about it in the second grade. Le uh, <laughs> saucisson. I don't know why they always say that. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Where was he from, Paris? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, he lives in Paris. I'm not sure if he grew up in Paris. Right. Hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> cool. So, anyway, what else? So, how long have you been in Mexico now, and what's like the next adventure? Um, a one year, and I have no idea. I, Perfect. <laughs> I have a small business. Woohoo! So, um, I'm gonna see if it works, and then go from there. So, I'm on about a, like a six months ahead program. Oh, that's is that your style? Seems like it is. Yeah. Okay, because I think Mexico is great for like entrepreneurship. Oh yeah, totally. Like, like just turn up, Hot up, got an idea, make totally. it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's much easier. Like so, okay, I lived in France and I was illegal, and then when I was legal, I still had shitty jobs. Like yeah, I got, I got all this nothing. paperwork to make minimum wage at a bar, you know. So after six years, I still worked at a bar. I mean, it's fun, but. Here, I'm here for a year. I own a small business. Yeah. And it's cool. And, you know, to be honest, I think I make per hour the same amount of euros to pesos. Well, you seem like you're really enjoying yourself. So, you know, I, for my short opinion, mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, you're going to give your business up if you're going to keep having fun. No, not going to give my business up because I bought all those tables <laughs> and I don't want to throw them away. So we'll just see how it goes. My business is going okay. So, so what do you do? I teach English. Sounds boring, but it's not. No, but it's to, it's to kids, right? It's to anybody. Yep. I have children. I have adults. I have a menage a trois. <laughs> Are you looking for teachers? Um, not at the moment because I only have one room. But mm. if I expand, sure. I'm maybe in my dreams, I'll have a, a big empire and everybody can come work there. So you're looking for investors. Yeah. That's, hey, he's the pitch. Me gringa ingles. <laughs> like my Facebook page. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's going quite well. I have a lot of students and they, they come back, which is nice. Right, that's, that shows you're doing a good job. <laughs> uh-huh. So, but it's like I didn't, I didn't do this work in France because you don't make a lot of money as an American because they want British speakers. Also, it's it's... Um, it's much different. They're much more snooty over there in the south of the France. So here it's a lot better because the people are much more friendly and like accept you. And even though I'm like a young woman, they don't care as much. They don't like look down upon you. That's something I found really interesting. Even though we're in Mexico and it's very macho, you know, mm-hmm. men's boys club sort of world. Mm-hmm. Um, Women, well, we, I mean, everyone gets paid rubbish unless yeah. you make your own way. And then, you know, and women you and men are kind of... <laughs> but, but it's even, like we're equal. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's really quite interesting. This city especially, I think, is really interesting because we're in the um, capital of gay, but then nobody acknowledges that anybody's gay. It's weird. Just a position. What? I, I, I never really noticed. Like, it, it wouldn't even occurred to me that you had to acknowledge it maybe <laughs> like well, it's a uh, yeah i don't think you have to acknowledge it but i worked before i had my own business i worked in this private school and it was like the 1950s everybody was black and white and we all had to wear like skirts and tights and ties and everybody was gay but nobody was it was not okay to be gay yeah. it was super weird 
What? Where was this? It was here. It was like down the block. And everybody was gay. No, not everybody, but a lot 90%. of the teachers were gay. Okay. And okay. yeah, and very like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they were real people. <laughs> it was very strange. Okay, so you worked with a bunch of gay cardboard cutouts. Yes, mm. very nicely dressed. Mm. Um, but this, yeah, I like the city because it's, is men and women are are equal but a lot of the times the mexican men do like do open the door for you and pay for your tacos and Aww. various things um so that's okay i guess yeah <laughs> tacos aren't very expensive <laughs> it's, it's the gesture it's the gesture <laughs> yeah no it's a cool place i like it maybe i'll stay here longer i'm just gonna see how it works out i guess yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, what would you tell somebody who's thinking of traveling and leaving the the, the lonely normal life behind? Okay, traveling and living somewhere are totally two different things. Okay. 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 All right. Super all right. Different. That's that's a fair <laughs> distinction. <laughs> but my point is, though, like leaving. <laughs> the world is really small. Hmm. You just gotta do. I don't know. What? Just do it. <laughs> don't bring a bunch of shit with you because it, you don't want to carry it. Yeah, it's true. Whether you're traveling or moving, you just buy shit wherever you go. Yeah. And yeah. Um, people are all the same. You know, everybody in the world has to wake up, take a shower, and go to work. So it doesn't matter where you live because you're still going to ride the bus and go to the cinema and have friends and drink beer and talk about South Park. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even matter where you live. Press like on YouTube, press like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ at Trouble Bubble and show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Well, okay, um, we asked, like, you know, you, you keep, we keep jumping back to just jump, just do it. But, I mean, like, what was, the, the idea of starting a business didn't just happen exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you were working at, bars or whatever and you're getting paid crappy and you're like wait a minute I could do better for myself Mm -hmm. Uh, all I need to do is get some tables maybe get a a room put up a a poster and Mm -hmm. I have a business I didn't yeah yes well I wasn't doing this type of work in France in France I was um, like cleaning lady for a long time Um, then I worked at restaurants and things and then I worked at really fancy restaurants, and they were really boring, and then I worked at bars, and blah, blah, blah. And um, then when I moved here, I taught English at a private school, and that's when I said, I'm making shit money, and I work for the devil. I think mm. I'm going to make my own business. So I just okay. stole all my students from that school and brought them over to my little... Your, your new operation. My new operation. Um, yep. Yeah. <clears throat> I have my own office now for like six months. I was working out of my house for a while. But the thing with people and teachers is that they tend to like their teachers so that they recommend you. Especially if you personalize it. So that's cool. And I really like restaurant work too. I did it for 10 years. And I really like the service industry as well. So I always thought maybe I'd open a bar or something. So I'm not not really feeling like you felt the the vibe of of following a career. Um, No. I mean, was that ever in the works? 
No. Because you did, you did go to school like I most of did us. Also, go to some schooling. The United States schooling is really expensive, so it's hard to afford all of it. Yeah. So I didn't finish, but I do have a degree in teaching English, so I took that separately. Was that like everybody? <laughs> was that like a recent thing, or, or you did that before you left the U.S.? I did that. Yeah, recent. I did it in the France. Okay. Was so. that? I mean, because teaching, adding value, creating something—you know, okay, creating your own product—is kind of. Uh, something that I see that you can carry with you. Yeah, it's a really good skill. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, totally. And it's a respectable thing. And it's really, what I like about teaching is that I get to learn lots of cool stuff too. Yeah, like? Like anything. Well, I teach English, but um, I also teach mostly at the moment American history. Yeah. So we're learning all about the 1800s and the Donner Party and the Underground Railroad and all this stuff in English with kind of some grammar snuck in there at various points. But it's so much, it's just so interesting because whatever students want to learn, I get to learn and then teach them. So it's so interesting. See, what I, what I find is Kurt also teaches English uh-huh. and it's always something like, hey, my, my Chinese student told me about this or my Russian yeah. student told me about that. Uh-huh. And it's like this constant different point of view totally. that just just pushes walls over. Oh, it's super interesting. Because say if you have like a like a, a question and everybody answers your question, you're going to get 12 different answers. You know, it's just so interesting to read what they write or like just discuss with these people who give you money to talk to them. It's a very strange <laughs> concept. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was saying to you the other day, it kind of feels like some, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm a fraud because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I have these students and they, yeah, they, they keep paying me, but all I'm doing is having a conversation yeah. with them. <laughs> I'm going to rebuttal you and say that I yep. do a lot of work. Mm. Um, my class time is in class, but I do like so much preparation. Yeah. I'm always studying and I always have to read articles and highlight stuff. <laughs> and I'm constantly preparing for things. So one of my, one mm. of my weekend days is just on the computer, articles, blah, blah, blah. So I do a lot of preparation because I don't use a textbook. Yeah, yeah. Well, some some of my students need that kind of preparation, but mm-hmm. a, a lot of them are just like, let's have a chat. So, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. so it's it's almost too easy, but yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I remember the the other day I had my Italian student mentioned the the. Chinese stock market crash, and I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Yeah. Um, and I hadn't, I, I hadn't heard anything about it, you know, seen it on the news or anything. Uh, and yeah, it's get that uh, different perspective. Sometimes it's a completely different cultural perspective um, that you never would have considered. Um, but when they talk about your opinion, it's it, it yeah, it opens your mind. Yeah. It's much better. I mean, I love waitressing and bartending and all that stuff because mm. when you work in the service industry, you're like the dark underbelly of the actual life, you know? Like you're awake when people are sleeping and you serve them and they're drunk zombies. And anyway, so I, I really like this dark underbelly of society. Um, but you just talk about just bullshit. And it's nice in this job that you can talk about things that are smart and interesting <laughs> and you get smarter 
And uh, I mean, if you work in a bar or restaurant, people just want to talk about the weather or being on vacation or whatever. And so this is a lot more interesting because they come with their ideas and you have deep discussions about things. And it also has made me, um, hopefully, more interesting to my friends because I have all these conversations with my friends now. Yuva and I have had some conversations. We have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, we have. We have. <laughs> it's true. Some of them boring, some of them not. Both, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so voila. Um, so anyway, I just want to go back on the France topic for a second and sure. say that um, it was never really my favorite country. And it's totally weird that I lived there for six years um, because I didn't really like it. I don't know what was going on. I lived there, boy, it was a couple boys, but the second when I got legal, the I lived there. In. The boys, the I sucked French them name. in. That would be better. Um, <laughs> so I lived there after I got legal. I realized that you only, if you renew your one year visa four times, you can get a 10 year visa. And with a 10 year visa, you can much more easily go around Europe, you get your free education, your healthcare sorted, and within these 10 years, if you pop out a kid, you get a passport. So I was thinking, oh, I'll just get one of those, and then my whole future family will be thankful. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just pop out a kid. I figured I'll 10 years was long <laughs> enough. Just pop out a kid, get a passport, and then that way they're half European, and it would be like, great, because they could get... The mentality of the United States, which I really like the mentality there. Um, of entrepreneurship. Uh, just, every, just like you can be anything you want to be. And in France, particularly, they don't tell you that. They tell you, <laughs> you got to be this, 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 or this, or this. Go right. to school. There's no other option. You got to be a doctor or an engineer. Or There is a lot of art and things, but it's much more like stressed on the do-it money um, work, they have blah, like, blah, like blah. that crab bucket mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Them and the English. I love the English, though. Um, but America, United States is much like, as well, just like hippies. Do it. Be whatever you want. Dog whisperer, whatever. So <laughs> you can be whatever you want, I think, which is really cool, which is a mentality I didn't quite like in the south of France. They were also really judgmental, which I was not really used to. Um, yeah. So yeah, anyway. So the lesson here is if you're in a shitty country... <laughs> Don't live there for six years. I was really, really close to getting my 10-year visa. It was five months away when I got deported. Assholes. I got deported. How? Um, So basically, roundaboutly, I got married to an ex-boyfriend after paying him the back rent that I owed him for all the years we lived together. so we were married, blah, blah, blah. Just, I had my boyfriend at the time. We were married. Was it menage à toi? Maybe. Um, so anyway, it was going on for some time, and that was fine, and, and blah, blah, blah. My post went to his house. Every, like, once a year, we had to go together to make a rendezvous at the immigration office. Hmm. And that happened, and then one year, he called to me. Yeah, rendezvous. rendezvous. In there. In the immigration office. And one time he they called really me. They really need that? <laughs> no, it means Sita. It's sure. a point. Sure. <laughs> all right, all right. I get he it. called get to it. me and he said he didn't want to do it anymore. And I was bummed because it was only... And then, and then we had to get... He said, I want to get a divorce. And I said, dude, we're like so close. 
<laughs> and he said, well, if you had the money to pay for the divorce, you could pay for it, but you don't have any money, and I do, so I'm going to pay for the divorce, which is true because I don't have any fucking money ever there. Um, so he paid for the divorce, and we got divorced five months before our rendezvous. So basically, he didn't come with me to the rendezvous, and so they said, where's your husband? I said, and then they said, no visa. What, what, how does that uh, translate to English? I <laughs> uh, said, so he's working. He can't. <laughs> okay. I was bluffing it. And also because it was a fake marriage, but they did say that we were like a perfect couple because I was um, not Arabic and he had a really fancy job. But because he had a really fancy job, we had to pay taxes together and I got the short stick because normally if you work minimum wage jobs, you don't have to pay taxes in France, but because he worked as like a space architect, engineer, super fancy. Uh-huh. Um, we had to pay a lot of taxes because he had a lot of money, but then I had to pay a lot of taxes too, <laughs> and that sucked. So after he divorced me, and then he goes, oh, by the way, you owe me 700 euros for this tax money this year. And I was like, whatever. So I said, yeah, 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 I could get that to you right away. Right up, and right. Then I and to the end of the and yeah. then I received a strongly worded email from him, and I went, whatever. Deuces. <laughs> and it was totally lame. It was super lame, though, because it was my life. I had a house and I had a boyfriend for three years. And then I was like, hey, guess what? I got to get deported in like a half a year. So I had a half a year to get it sorted. Mm. Um, and this time I got divorced. And that was all really paperwork-wise. Um, and so then I moved over here. Because I moved to Mexico because I was looking for a place to live where two people from different nationalities could live together where it was easy to live together. There are three countries in the world where two people from different sides of the world can live together for 180 days. Mexico, Colombia, Peru. Colombia? I know. Well, no, they give you 90. Really? Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. It was those dangerous countries. So I chose the one that I was <laughs> more used to. Dangerous countries. It's not dangerous. No, Mexico is pretty dangerous. It's like Wild West out here. <laughs> yeah. I Don't ask me because... Everything's booty. My roommate thinks everything's pistol. dangerous too. I, I'm joking. I'm, I'm jokes. It's not that dangerous. Guadalajara is like the safest city in Mexico. Yeah, well, this is a thing. Like, I, I made a, I put a video on my YouTube channel talking about uh, the the gringos' perception of Mexico, and and it's I don't know exactly what happens, but it seems like people in the United States just get bombarded, message after subliminal message. You know, Trump speech, uh, trumping the Trump speech, talking about how Mexicans are rapists or whatever the hell it is. Um, like. Do, that never, right? I, I guess because you live close to the border. It yeah, never I'm got from into close mind. to the border. Yeah. So basically, where I'm from is only Mexicans and like cowboys. Mm. So I was really used to Mexicans. I mean, my friends were all Mexican, and and I learned Spanish in my school, which I completely forgot. <laughs> and I think that the towns that are across the border like this are don't have this perception. But once you go within the butthole of America, that's when you get the bad ideas and the stupidity. Which part is the but, butthole? That I'm Mid-East, familiar with like the Bible the Midwest, Belt, the, the Rust Belt. Kind of the Bible Belt up area. <laughs> okay. The, the, the Bible Belt wraps like around the, the waist of 
just above the The non-states. Okay. Like, who the fuck lives in Nebraska? <laughs> I, if you do, it's probably very beautiful. Um, but why? Why would you live there? Jeez. Okay, whatever. Probably like it. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, America. But you know what? Everybody can be stupid. Okay? It's not just Americans. <laughs> in America, you can be anything you, you can. want. And there are a lot of stupid people and closed-minded people all over the world. And America, United States, gets a really bad rap about it. But did you know that in New York, 47% of people speak another language than English wow. in their house? 47% of the people, starting from age five. Okay? That's cool. So we're not all stupid. <laughs> It's, yeah, we. I all of the immigrants are extremely there intelligent. Are, okay. Is that what you're trying, there are trying to There are a load of immigrants. Mm. In the 1800s, the population of America rose by 2,000%. Mm. Due to the Great Migration, so what up Ooh. Europe? We came from you. So anyway, that's my so uh, America. Mm. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I'll go back. Will you go back to Australia? I haven't got any plans in the short term. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, eventually. I guess there's some things I got to figure out there. But um, no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty comfortable here. Mm. What about you? Um, I've thought about it. Because maybe for a holiday, yeah. you know, I think my, my wife would like to go, you know, check out, you know, my old primary school, my old town, Melbourne. you know, do, do the old. No, he's not from Melbourne. Yeah, I, yeah, I've never lived in Melbourne. But if I had to go back, I think Melbourne would be a, a good contender. Yeah. Because it's slightly, well, it's not Sydney, that's, that's for sure. And um, <laughs> what's, what's wrong with Sydney? Explain. Okay, let's see. Sydney, I would have to, to use your terminology, would be the butthole of Australia. Okay. And that's, that's because everyone goes there with these, with these big dreams to... Uh -huh. It's like Sydney's kind of like the Australian New York. You know, it's, uh -huh. it's big city. But, I mean, nothing was planned. Yeah. Uh, like the, the roads are, are a mess. Um, it just seems like house prices are out of control. The cost of living is insane. Okay. And job opportunities, well... Yeah, I just I gave it a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Sydney. I was there for a couple of years, but I ended up, you know, following your kind of track. I worked uh -huh. in hospitality. I did security for a couple of years. Oh yeah. So you know, there's only so many nights you can you can deal with that. You know, having these empty conversations with with drunk people, and you know the people are great because they're they're drunken zombies. But to do that as a you know to, to do that. Long term, it was kind of like, you know, you keep convincing yourself, I'm doing this until, until something, until I, I, until I get it together. But you can't get it together because it's just not, it's just the butt. Yeah. I don't like to judge people on their jobs. If they want to have a job like that, that's cool. But they, my father always says, you can't just be a bartender. You got to like do art or something. Like use your brain mm. in a way that's different. From bartending or security, or you can have that empty brain, but you gotta also like use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I wish my mom said I could just hang out and do art more. Um, she's like, get a get a real oh. job, go go make some money. Yeah. But um, most of the security guards that I well, nearly nearly all of them were were studying during the day, mm -hmm. or they or they they were you know focusing on other projects. Uh, you know, most of them were playing. We're, we're into sports. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, or setting up their own business. 
I mean, those yeah. uh, actually nearly every security guard that I worked with had other things going on. Security was just a, a high-paying yeah, yeah. night job, so they freed up their day to get done what they needed to do. That's why bartending is great, too, because you work like four or five hours a night in United States. In France, you work like six, 12 hours a day. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't go back to that. No. I, I don't think, but yeah, don't sounds think of it, you wouldn't either. I go back and forth. I mean, I think it would be nice because the problem now is um, I used to get exercise and, like, lift heavy things and stuff. So I miss, like, working out at work, you know? Um, I also am hungry a lot more now that I don't work in a restaurant. Well, what, what do you mean? Like, you forget to eat? Yeah, I don't. I'm, yeah. I'm not like a big fan of you, but you mean because uh, when you work in a restaurant, you get meals for free, You just right? get food. It's there's food. <laughs> okay. And now there's like no food. And I have to get my own food. Ah, uh, it's too hot. And, <laughs> yeah. But, and also you meet a lot of people. Like I meet students and they're cool and I like them, but like to meet like other people, I have to like go out now uh, to the places where they go. <laughs> okay, okay. So when you work, when you work in a bar, mm-hmm. um, you, you just meet interesting people naturally yes but you can't not really hang out with them because you're working yeah there you're not like you're like invited to the party and they have to clean it up and then by the time you're finished it's four in the morning everybody's shit-faced except for you so it's kind of a different vibe okay okay i've heard that in in europe Mm-hmm. Uh, Australians have this reputation of being drunken idiots and they, they think they're really cool and can drink so much, but it's it's not true and they make a mess and, and are treated like there's a lot of babysitting whenever Australians walk in. Is... Um, yes and no. There's okay. a thing called, um, pardon, there's a thing called, what's that big group of Australian people that come over and terrorize the bars? ISIS. No, another one. <laughs> on a big group of, I don't know what I don't it's know called, what you're but talking it's, about. it's you're not talking about like I, I don't know. They do this a like, Euro trip and it's awful, and they come on their buses and they're like a bunch of young hoodlums. Okay, okay. Around. It's it's like uh, what do they call leavers or like like schoolies when they finish know. they finish high school and they go for a trip. Something like, like that. But then I they come in and you know they're coming in because they tell yeah. you and you're like. We're going to have like 70 Australian people up in here. We're going to get ready. Everybody hates you, you know? So that's not, I have an Australian friend. I have two Australian, three. I have three Australian (laughs) friends now. Yay. It's not, I mean, I don't like to do these stereotypes because everybody is, everybody, all the countries have stupid fat people. No, but I, I repeat that one about Australians all the time because yeah, I, I it's think it's true. Well, like, uh, yeah. yeah, like in our, in our hometown, I was like, you got. I, I remember once I was sitting at a at a train station, uh, like after I'd been out dancing or something, and and this dude uh, at on the platform is t- trying to chat up this girl. And he's he's telling her a story about you know he he was getting drunk and and uh, trying to pick up girls, uh, and when he couldn't pick up girls, he decided to start a fight, and that was like his his pitch wow. or his that was him hubba, spitting game. Hey. Whoa, that's wow. you know if you want some real man, move to Newcastle. Yeah. Oi, 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 oi. <laughs> yes, boys are stupid. <laughs> I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you go, okay. they're all stupid. Mm. Some most of them. 
<laughs> good majority, I think. Yeah, cool. All right, do you, do you have anything else to say? you want to wrap it up? No, I'm, I'm just impressed with your story. Okay. I mean, in, in general, it's, uh, it's cool to meet more crazy people. Yeah, it just we all, end up, we all end up here in Mexico for some reason, and I don't know why. That was super gay. No offense <laughs> to gay people. Uh, uh, us or, the, or them? Them. All, the, all of the tapatillos out the there tapatio. watching the video. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, all right. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Okay. Thanks so much for, for joining us, Taylor. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> well, that was the interview with Taylor. Excellent. Um, well, I hope you guys yeah, learned. A bit I hope uh, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. She, she's not here. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, make sure you share that with a friend that may require a real job. <laughs> Maybe a haircut as well. Um, but anyone that you think might need a little motivation to quit, um, forward it to them. Send it to them. Um, sharing is caring. We want you to uh, jump on your Facebook, um, press like, hover the like button to get the notifications. You, um, you don't forget you're on YouTube. There's various ways of sharing. You your Google Plus. There's uh, you got yep, Twitter. Twitter. Retweet. What, yep. what, else, what else do we do? Put it on Facebook and Tumblr and uh, I don't know any any place you can share it that, that YouTube will let you or you know you can press the share buttons on on the paradise paradise.com as well and that means that all your friends are going to see how cool you are because you read articles on our website and uh, you're involved <laughs> part of it yeah if you want to check out um, Taylor's uh, Facebook it's it's me Gringa Inglés so maybe if you wanted to. Uh, if you're in Guadalajara and you want to get some uh, English lessons, you can go to Migringa Inglés on Facebook. Uh, I'm yeah. interested in checking it out. I could do an English lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You forget more and more every day. I am losing my mind. I can't explain why. <laughs> this is a shift that's happening. It's messing me up. Yep. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, so pr press like, press subscribe, press share, press like on, on every way you can. Press subscribe on iTunes and, and on podcasts so you can get the, these updates, get notified, uh, get it into your system, get the Paradise Paradox bumping in your bloodstream like it's some kind of advanced designer drug designed in the 25th century. And um, fix. Yeah, gotta get your fix. And head on over to Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bowl. I'm at Battle AZ. And don't forget to be kind to your siblings. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs> Just cross it, man. There we go. <laughs> Peace.